You're tuned in to the World Physique Championship Podcast with your host, Terry Good. Welcome back to the WPC Podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. It is peak week. Las Vegas is coming up. Las Vegas, August 18th. That's this next coming Sunday uh, at the Tropicana in, in Vegas, WPC2. It's going to be a great event. We've got a lot of competitors. Uh, I've got a special guest today to talk about Peak Week. This is Peak Week. And what we mean by Peak Week is this is the week where you put it all together. All that hard work, those weeks of preparation, you put it all together, put it on stage, and give us an amazing performance, which I know is going to happen. Uh, Kevin Miles. Kevin Miles is a multi-certified trainer. Multi-certified. You've been a trainer since... Did you train Jesus himself, Kevin, or <laughs> or did he have his own Close. program? <laughs> Close. But uh, you've been around for many, many years, for decades, and uh, you're a training and nutritional... Pardon me. Training and nutritional specialist, author of The Diet That Works, this is a cool one. Creator of the Contest Prep Coaching Course and, of course, owner of Bodysport.com. And if you want to know more about Kevin, get a hold of Kevin, anything, uh, and or read the, the ton of information that he's presented there, Bodysport.com. Kevin Miles. Kevin, uh, you've prepared literally hundreds and hundreds of athletes for Peak Week, for contests, and, of course, Peak Week is the... It's always the most stressful time, I think, because the, the reality is there. Everybody's worried about what do I do next? And, and there's always this, this big shroud of mystery and, and around, you know, that, well, what do you eat and what do you do with your water? And this, this whole dialing it in thing. I, I want to talk about that with you because a lot of these athletes are facing it. And I know you and I have seen these ridiculous examples of, of uh, you know, like eat, 50 rice cakes and do this at two in the morning and get up at four in the morning and, you know, rub chocolate on your left toe and, you know, whatever it is. Right. There's, is that all necessary? What, what's your yeah. approach? What's your approach? Yeah. And thank you for having me on here. And um, yeah, peak week is surrounded by so much mystery. And I think people are so anticipating that show and looking forward to doing their best and wanting to do their best. They're always, looking to say, what else can I do? What else do I need to do? And they think that the more exotic things that they do is going to actually help them be better on stage. When usually it's the less that you can change and the least number of things that you can do differently, the better off you're going to be. And your body's already stressed. You're mentally, emotionally stressed. You're not going to be able to make very many changes to your physique. You basically want to manage it into the show, like gliding that plane down for a smooth landing as opposed to making some dramatic change that's going to pull a rabbit out of your hat. You know, if you're not already in shape, there's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do that last week. One of my favorite quotes was from um, the great Dory Gates at a seminar I attended. He says, people get into the last week before a show, and they can do something that can make them either 2% better or 20% worse. And nine times out of 10, it's 20% worse. So you want to do things that you're used to, things that you can predict, things that you can consistently you know, rely and hang your hat on as opposed to doing something that you heard someone else did or that's something that's overly dramatic and expecting some miracle result. Now, we've been doing this, you and I, for many years as athletes, as coaches, as journalists. Uh, you know, we've known each other for a couple decades or more. Uh, and we do, we do agree on pretty much 100% of this. Uh, now, one of the things that, uh, one of the observations I've always made is, 
is there's, you know, the, the process is so exacting on the way through the diet is so exacting, everything's so exacting and it's, and, and you try it and, and you check it a few days later and see if it worked. And through the process, we really learn a great deal about, uh, if we're training somebody, we're learning a great deal about their body. If you're doing it yourself, you learn a lot about your body. Uh, this last week, uh, again, it's one of those things that seems it's shrouded in so much mystery and, uh, and so much, I like to call it panic week <laughs> because <laughs> it seems that's what everybody's doing. And it creates, you know, we're supposed to avoid stress during this time, right? Because stress doesn't, it releases cortisol. Our bodies don't look good. You know, we're stressed yeah. out on stage. We're not performing well. Uh, but peak week itself can be a stressful thing. Why all the mystery? Well, it, it just comes from confusion because there's things that people do that, people don't understand where they came from the practices of whether it's carb loading and carb depleting or sodium depleting and loading or, or manipulating your water or whatever. And since they don't understand why people do certain things, usually they're done to fix problems. Then they think, well, should I do this? Or should I do that? Am I going to look better? Am I going to look worse? Right. And it winds up being a monkey see monkey do thing. And everyone's copying each other and passing around information that may or may not apply to someone. And so you're better off if you don't know what to do or why you're doing it, you're better off not changing anything and just going through there and just monitoring your body. Like what I do with my people is I, I monitor how they look. You know, their training may change a little bit the, the first few days of the week, but that's depleting them enough. So I don't have to like cut their carbs out or, or, or do anything crazy with that. So I just, I'm going to stop you there for a second. You just okay. made a very, very big point. I think we have to emphasize. You say you don't drop their carbs. I don't drop their carbs I, you know, for, for the most part because, yeah, usually really because training is going to deplete you anyway. And so what I might do with someone is Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I might have them step up the training and they train their whole body in that those period of three days, mm -hmm. which is a little more than normally. That's going to deplete them enough as opposed to me taking all their carbs out. So I don't – you can get the same result people are looking for. The theory is if you reduce your carbs and bring them back in, you're going to get bigger and fuller and harder and all those things, but it's too hit and miss. And very often people don't fill back out. So you don't have to bring carbs down to zero to make that happen or deplete yourself for 10 days to make that happen. You can have them with the same diet and just manipulate it a little bit with the training and then resting them and letting them fill back out and just monitoring what they're doing. So I'm looking at them Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, just seeing what their body's doing. The body can only do so many different things. You see it from a, Go full in the standpoint, it's either going to get more flat, mm -hmm. stay the same, or fill out more. And right. from a hardness water standpoint, it's either going to be less hard, the same, or more hard. So you you know what to expect, and it can only do so many things. And based on what it's doing, you can make subtle changes to the, the food, either an extra carb meal or one less, or a, a little extra amount of water if they're holding some water, maybe a little bit less, but not really do the dramatic proactive things that people do that they don't understand were designed to fix problems that they may not even have. Right. And I think that's a very important point. A lot of these methods uh, were, were methods that people tried and had some success with at some point. And I think that's why they get repeated, but they were solutions to a problem, a specific problem. And if you don't have that problem, uh, you know, you, you don't, you don't need a solution, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you, you're not, you, you have a greater chance, like you say, going back to your Dorian Yates quote, you have a greater chance of messing things up than you do of fixing it. If you look good, 
and you think you're ready and your body's ready, uh, why mess with it, right? Exactly, exactly. Like if your car starts, you know, then you just go start your car. If, if you have a dead battery, then jump starting it is a solution to start your car when you have that dead battery. If you right. don't have a dead battery, there's no reason to do that. Right. The same thing with some of the practices that are out there within the industry. They were specific solutions to solve certain problems. If you don't have those problems for whatever reason, then just proactively doing it because you heard someone else did it or it worked for them is a mistake. It could easily be a mistake for you. And what happens is people may ask some someone that if you interview, say, five people that did really well on the show, mm-hmm. maybe three of them did you know, X, Y, and Z, but no one's talking to the people that did horrible in that show. If you interviewed five people that did horrible, quote unquote, they say, gee, I look great until I did X, Y, and Z. You know, or that right. person that had to work for them show A, it may not work for them the next show. So you have to understand what you're doing and why. And if you're not sure about it, you're better off just, just cruising through and doing as little as possible and managing your stress, managing your food and water properly, not making very many changes at all, and, and then going with that. And then if you discover that you have a problem or there's an issue, then there's ways to change it and fix it and, and subtle things that you can do. But just to proactively say, oh, it's peak week. I got to go do this, 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 and this, which is so common out there. Mm-hmm. It's just a recipe for disaster. And I've seen that just take people off the rails so many times. There's one guy that they came up to the desk when I was managing Gold Sim and just started posing for us like an ass. And the guy looked amazing. <laughs> and we're like, oh, this guy, he's going to win the show. No one's going to stop him. And mm-hmm. we kind of necessarily didn't want him to win the show because he was kind of arrogant. But so he just looks too good. Come Saturday, the show day, I was actually working at that show um, um, backstage, and he walked up to me with this look on his face. He said, I don't know what happened. And every cut he had was gone. I mean, he looked so mm-hmm. bloated and soft and small, and, you know, everything that he did to make himself look better had gone in another direction. And I, I give him credit. He still went on stage and posed his heart out, and it, it was a good thing for him because he it kind of taught him a little bit of humbleness. And he wound up being a really good guy, but he had a tough lesson to learn. You, you, you think that you have something, and, Again, back to that 2% better, 20% worse thing. You know, if you're not sure what you're doing, then it could go one way or the other. And it's better to have something that you can consistently control and bring in something that you expect. Well, and the thing is, if you're there, if you've done the work, if you had, first of all, let's, let's, yeah. let's start way back at the beginning of prep. Uh, do you agree that yeah. if you have realistic expectations, first of all, and then you do that, what you call a safe and sane approach. We've had other conversations about this. Kevin calls it a safe and sane approach to contest preparations. If you're ready, uh, your body's ready, uh, that, that's the package. You're, there's not a whole lot you can do that's going to really push you that much further ahead. Uh, and if you are going to, and, I, and I've always felt, and I don't know how you feel about this, but if you're going to mess around with water and things like that, I always like to do a, you know, forgive the pun, but a dry run of it beforehand sure. Sure. and just see how your body responds so you have an idea. You know, having that past knowledge gives you an idea of how you're going to manage things like that. And the, and the other thing is, is Peak Week itself is just... It's an exciting event, but but we've come from a world where every second of our life is regimented, typically, during the contest prep pro, uh, approach. And then all of a sudden, 
we've got so much change. You know, you're, you're changing your location unless the contest is in your home. You're definitely changing your weekly routine because instead of going to the gym every day and getting that validation, you're, 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 you're not, you're going to the gym less because you're getting ready for the show. You need to rest. Uh, the focus now becomes on, you know, more presentation and posing and things like that. Uh, sometimes, um, just the stress of going to the show, the stress of getting on stage, the realization, that, oh my God, I'm going to be in front of a bunch of people in a bikini, you know, or, or a posing suit. Uh, it's just a, it's an unusual, it's excitement, it's, it, but there's also stress involved. And then to throw in uh, big changes in your water intake, which drastically will impact your digestion. And on top of it, changing the food that you bring in, and we're going to talk about that in a second, changing the food that you you know it's a recipe for disaster it's like okay what what could we do to screw this up a week before the show okay i know let's do this with their water this with their food and let's be stressed out and let's travel to another city and let's get on stage and you know and then everybody says oh the next day after they ate they feel better i should have eaten more carbs or i should have had a steak or a burger it's you know don't don't underestimate the impact of that stress don't you agree i 100% 100% agree with you. And I've seen that happen so many times. And, and that's why I, I advise people not even to train those last couple of days and be able to manage their life and manage all the details around surrounding the show. But that stress does a lot of things for different things. And I, I had one girl getting ready for a big show back east. I, I live in California. And the first thing that happened was she missed her flight. And so she winds up getting to New York like six hours after she normally did and playing catch up with everything. And by the time she went on stage, just running around trying to get anything else. She just, her body just looked off. It was the worst she'd look, you know, and, and you, you would have thought she wasn't in the shape that she was, but I'd seen her two days before and I knew she was and didn't do that well on the show. Then just was so exhausted, went and slept for 12 hours and woke up and just looked amazing, right. you know, and just because it's all behind them then. So you don't want to create stress with your body and you don't want to make unnecessary changes to your body. You've had that whole process of getting yourself ready and learning your body and getting it used to certain things. And now you kind of know what it does and doesn't like, and you can predict what's going to happen with it. Why throw it a curveball when it's looking for a fastball? Right. And one of the things I, I, I talk about is the food. Whatever food you decide you need to eat more or less, stay with the same foods your body is used to. Don't go have some exotic thing that you haven't had in a long period of time that, oh, so-and-so had this and they looked amazing, so I'm going to carve up on this or have that. It's going to bring me out. And it may help you. It may make you look worse. And I've had many, many examples of people that tried some, what someone else did mm-hmm. that it worked for them. And they wound up on that stage just really feeling bad, looking bad. And, and that's just a, such a simple thing. And But people think that, oh, it's going to be more exotic if I, you know, Gordon ate, uh, you know, a bunch of peanuts. I'm going to eat a bunch of peanuts. And yeah, I work for Gordon. And, and then the next guy winds up looking like he's six months expecting on stage because <laughs> right. his body just can't process that. Right. Or whatever it is. So, and then, like you said, it's back to stress. Your body's now like, you give it or something, it's like, what is this? And now it has to deal with it and handle it and digest it and assimilate it when you could have just given it the same thing that it's used to and gotten the results that you're trying to get. You make a really good point. And, and uh, you know, going to the health side of things, the nutritional side of things, you know, we can, we can function fairly normally uh, when we're not trying to get on stage and, and, and be eating foods that we actually have either a minor or, or a fairly significant food disorder to. And when you get to that, you know, when, you're, when that diet is so clean and you're getting your, your body is getting lean and you're getting ready for that show and the stress is there, 
uh, and then you introduce a food that maybe you did eat, like maybe oatmeal or, or nuts yeah. or something like that. And then you discover because you had eliminated them from your diet and you reintroduce them, the relative change, which may be inflammation, it may be a, a sore stomach, it may be, you know, constipation, it could be anything. But you don't know that until you introduce that food. So introducing it and, you know, you may, it just may be something as simple as just a, a food allergy, right? Yeah. Or, or an intolerance to a food. And, and you reintroduce something that you did eat before, but you haven't eaten during your prep. And, and you could actually be allergic to that thing. I discovered that. I didn't realize it. I, I, was, I have an issue with nuts, like, uh, like eating almonds and things like that. And didn't realize it until I eliminated them and reintroduced them and all of a sudden they had problems. And, and that's a very, very common thing. And, and so then you're dealing with, uh, now you're inflamed, you've got inflammation yeah. and it's due to digestion. And that's something we should talk about. But, uh, but then, you know, the, the, the natural reaction is, hey, let's, let's solve this as a, a holding water problem, which is not yeah. going to solve the problem at all, yeah. is it? Yeah, people don't understand that your body doesn't really want to look that way anyway. That perfect look that we strive to get that fitness model look, right. that onstage look, that's not a normal thing. That's a rarity. So it's looking to change as you know quickly as possible back to what it would consider more normal. And so you're now giving it the opportunity to do that by introducing something that is not good for it or something that it has a problem with or that extra emotional stress or whatever it is. And so that is a temporary condition anyway, and, and you want to just manage it as opposed to try to force it to get better and do and go in a direction already farther than it wants to go. And then it's going to just swing back at you. Now we've talked in detail about food. I want to go back to the water. You know, we, we, sure. we just talked in generalities. I want to talk specifically about water. You, in your course, uh, the, the contest, contest prep coaching course, where you train trainers on how to prepare athletes for a show, uh, how do you manage water during the week? What are your philosophies on that? And I understand, I understand every athlete's going to be different. Uh, and, and there are other things like, uh, you know, if you're coming to Vegas and, you know, if you're coming from Florida where it's 86% humidity and you come to Las Vegas and it's 4% humidity, you know, you're going to have to adjust to that. And that's an, that's a thing a lot of people don't, don't catch on to is, you know, even that flight, you know, it's a, it's basically a very, uh, non-humid thing. The air conditioning, uh, removes yeah. all the humidity from the air. So you will dehydrate just from the flight. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and so managing water, I want to talk a little bit more in detail okay. about managing water, Kev. The, the first thing about water is you never want to reduce water to a dangerous dangerous level or anything that's unsafe. And that happens a lot of times when people think hear about cutting water. And I hear people that are just reducing their water to minimums the last few days because um, they're trying to make sure they don't have water retention problem. But if you don't have a water retention problem in the first place for whatever reason, then just carte blanche cutting your water you know, the muscles are 70 to 75% water. So that water is going to come mostly from the muscles. It's going to affect your fullness and your hardness. It's like letting air out of a balloon. Now it's smaller and softer. And that's what's so, going to make you flat, right? Exactly. That's what's going to make you flat. So you want the water. You don't want subcutaneous water. You don't want it underneath, the, between the skin and the muscle. And that's more more stress than anything else. Um, what I do is the more water you drink, the more just, water you just, drink. Just, I want to stop you there. You just said something real quick and I want to, that's an important okay. topic. Okay. <laughs> it's more stress than anything. Explain that. It, yeah. There, if you produce stress hormones and training is a stress and then you can have emotional stresses in terms of managing your life, that's going to throw your body off and cause it to, can, can cause it to hold on to more water than it might be. And so 
you just have to manage those things better. And that stress can come from the wrong kinds of food. That stress comes from the fact that you got this show coming up or you may be traveling or, or anything that's going on in your life. And so that's a big key with your water. It's, it's usually not just the water that you're taking in. Um, so what I usually have people do is they're either maintaining their same water intake or even increasing it for a time and then bringing it back to normal if I want to do something with them. Again, you learn their body. Some people tend to hold more water than other people, and you want to monitor that and manage that. And most people sleeping even dehydrates them to some degree. So if you're taking in a normal amount of water or a good amount of water and your body's getting rid of it as it should, then you know you, you can see that from the nighttime into the morning time in terms of their weight, in terms of how their body looks. Now, since you're not training those last few days, that may be a little bit of a factor because you're not training it out like you normally would. So that's when you want to look at it, and that's when you may – that's when a lot of times I'll, I'll have them take in that extra water to make sure their body's getting rid of water properly you know, while they're training. And then once that training stops, we may bring it back to what is a normal level for them. And so that since they're not training anymore, that makes sure that they're not holding on any extra water. But it depends on person. Some people, some people can maintain the same water intake all throughout the whole peak week, and that's just what's best for them. Some people – I may have more water that they're taking than normal to make sure that they're as full as they can be. Mm -hmm. Some people, if, if that seems like it might be an issue, I might make sure that we're watching their water intake closely. And the only time I actually reduce it is, is that they're drinking normally the night before the show and the day of the show. They hydrate in the morning and then they may manage it throughout the day. But there's never this don't drink water or drink as little as possible or drink only enough to survive, which is why I right. heard someone do say what's in this. That's just crazy, and it's just causing more problems in terms of your digestion, in terms of your stress, and in terms of how you look. You create problems that you're trying to solve by doing the wrong thing. Right. Now, there's an issue with water, and I want to talk about water. I, I learned something. I, I didn't know this, and I learned it uh, when I had a particular issue with water. And what it was is uh, when you buy water from the, when you buy bottled water, and the label says uh, minerals added for taste. What I, what I was told by somebody in the water business is typically what that is in almost every case, not every case, but almost every case, that's sodium bicarbonate is what they add to the water to add more taste. So if you ever chug a lug, a big jug of water down and you're actually thirstier after drank the water, that's why. And so, uh, and now again, with, with, uh, sodium, uh, sodium potassium balance, how your body processes that your body will normalize those imbalances out. Sure. Uh, so if you do travel and if the art, do you recommend distilled water or do you, or, or at very, very least, if you're drinking a certain brand of bottled water, maybe stick with the same brand. So it's, so that's not a change because you may be switching to another brand that is using yeah, a different yeah. amount of sodium bicarbonate. Exactly. And I actually like using something like smart water, which is basically distilled water with the electrolyte minerals reintroduced with the exception of the sodium. So if you have a problem with excess sodium in your system, that'll help you with that. And even alkaline water, which is more anti-inflammatory than some of the regular water out there. So some pH, higher pH water. But um, yeah, you, again, if you're used to and ha having any problems with a certain kind of water, why change it? You know, so right. if, if something's been working for you and you're not having any issues with water retention or, or, you know, being able to stay full and being hydrated, you know, there's no reason to change it unless you're trying to fix a problem or a tendency. You're trying to make an adjustment to it to, you know, accommodate that. Okay. Now, uh, you made a big point, and I think it's the most important point. Uh, you know, if, if you're, if you're, before you start this 
panic week, this peak week, uh, if you're not retaining water, if you look full, if you look lean, you look ready, you look good, you're ready to go on stage, rather than messing with, because, because we, understand, uh, we understand the impact stress has. So stress is travel, it's changing your routine, it's uh, relationships, it's money, it's whatever it is, it's going to a hotel, the airline losing your bag, all these things that some of it is predictable, some of it is not predictable. Uh, the other thing is just being prepared. You know, uh, exactly. a big, big, big important lesson, I think, is if you are flying, whatever you need for the show, put it in your carry-on. Don't put it in, because if they lose your luggage, you you can't get on stage, right? And and then uh, and then packing things like, uh, you know, a sewing kit just in case your suit breaks or having a backup suit just in case. If you have any liquids, make sure they're in a watertight bag so... So if something, you know, when, when you fly and you go up to altitude, increases the pressure in the bottle, it could pop and, and pour all over your suit and, and your stuff and like that and ruin everything. So separating those liquids, uh, like little details like that will help prevent disasters at the other end. And so it, in my mind, and I'm thinking, you know, the, the, the greater thing you can guarantee, if you look good and you're ready, don't mess with it. Focus on managing stress. Focus on all the things that you can control. Prepare your bag. Get everything packed before you go. Make a checklist so you don't forget anything. Make sure you got backups for everything. Backup shoes, backup suit, backup everything. Uh, you know, do all that kind of stuff and be prepared. That would probably, don't you agree, would that not serve you better than messing with water if you don't need to mess with your water? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And just managing your stress is, is and managing your life prevents that stress like imagine walking into an exam and you haven't studied you're going to feel very stressed out as soon as you walk in right. there as, as opposed to if you would really studied like crazy for the exam and you knew you were prepared the same thing with this you prepare so you want to practice your posing to the point where it's very natural and comfortable for you and you're not thinking your way through the movements and you're actually able to project your personality and, and showcase who you really are if you know you're that prepared you're going to be less stressful about it. Um, and, and one of the, as far as managing your items, one thing I, I like to make sure you have is, is a suit check. Make sure that the suit that you're going to wear on that stage is something that you've done a dress rehearsal in. And that's one mistake I made once with, with a client I was coaching. In, and then she, she did this one show and she looked amazing on stage. And the suit fit her like just perfectly, like it was made specifically for her. And I said, that's, that's a great suit. You know, she's getting ready for an even bigger show. And I said, you know what, that, if you can just get that suit a stronger color, like it was the, the suit she wore was green, you get that like in a dark red, that you'd walk on stage and just own it. She said, oh, yeah, they have it in red. I said, cool, so order that one. And so we were supposed to have a posing practice before she went to their show, and she couldn't make it for whatever reason. And I didn't see her until she walked on stage, and it was a completely different suit design, different cut, different, different brand. Oh, it gosh. didn't fit her properly at all. It just made her look worse. She would have been better off keeping that original suit with a different color. And that was my mistake as a coach. So I, in thinking back in hindsight, I would have had her at least send me pictures of that suit so I can see and say, no, where are the other one? But a little thing like that, you don't want to surprise yourself at the end. You want to manage, you know, make sure those shoes fit and you can walk comfortably in them. Make sure all aspects of your suit's there. Make sure if, if you know how to tan yourself, and you're good at that, that's fine. But if you don't know how to do that, have a professional do that for you. Have a professional do your hair and your makeup. I had one girl that she wanted to try tanning herself, and she showed up for posing practice. It literally looked like she'd thrown it up in the air and run around. It was 
was just all <laughs> over the place. And, and, and I was just laughing. And so then you have to fix those things. And so, right. you know, you want to have those things as prepared. You want to stay in a host hotel if that's possible. Likely there's going to be athletes meetings or you're going to have to do appointments for having your, your hair done or your tanning or whatever. It's so much easier just to be able to get into the elevator and walk down the hall than have to drive across town back and forth. You know, Deal with traffic and times. parking. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even had a girl get into a minor car accident going to an athlete's meeting or stuff like that. That's just more stress. Right. So the more things that you can manage about the situation, the better off you're going to be, and that's all going to tie into your physique as much as anything else that you're doing with your, with your diet and your water. And I think that's a, especially important in the WPC with their judging criteria. 20% of your score is physique. 20% of your score is symmetry. That's a total of 40%. Yeah. The other 60% is presentation, aesthetic, uh, marketability. Uh, you know, you don't want to look dehydrated on stage because you're, you're going to get dock points for that. You don't want to look super hard on stage. So really, for a WPC show, for the most part, if you look good, if you're ready, if you've done the work and you're ready, don't mess with it. Just leave it alone. Eat the food that you normally eat. Drink the water that you normally drink. Focus on your stress and, f- and managing your stress and eliminating your stress and focus on your presentation. I think that's the exactly. best, that's probably the best. Exactly. Kevin, it's and always follow, a pleasure. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And just follow the plan that you set out to follow. Don't listen to a bunch of different voices. Don't get thrown off by other people doing things that you're not doing. That's, that's not for them. That's not for you. That's for them. Right. Right. Thanks, Kevin. It's always a pleasure. Again, Kevin Miles, bodysport.com. Uh, you can get a hold of him there. Find out about the book, The Diet That Works. Uh, and also contest prep coaching class or course for trainers. Thanks, Kevin, very much. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with another episode of the WC WPC podcast. <laughs> and August 18th, Flamingo in Las Vegas, WPC2. It's going to be an awesome show. Thanks for listening.